0: Uh, nice to meet you. Thank you so much for joining.
1: It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Sorry, my bangs are a little messy. I uh, just got out of acupuncture, actually. So, What is the
0: basic, under easy understanding of what magic is, witchcraft is?
1: Cool. So I can easily explain it to you. There are three components to magic. The first thing is intention. What do you want to achieve? Intentions should always be present tense as if they are already happening our minds are complicated, but also very simple. The words I am are the most powerful words we can use. So I am wealthy. I am healthy. Mm. By resetting our neurological pathways, we are literally reconstructing our brain and creating our own reality. People hear that a lot, but they don't know what it means. The next part is, so we have intention. The next part is action you need to take your intention and create something. Oh, this is my cat. Hello. So action, whether it's creating a candle, creating, um, or burning manifestations or whether you're dancing under the moon, that is a form of action that you are imbuing intention into. Mm. And the last thing is your will, the force, like how much energy are you putting behind it? Energy and action are separate. And I think a lot of people confuse that. So, you need a combination of all three you need to take your thoughts create them on a physical level and then you will put your will behind it to push it out into the universe and ask for it to come true um, that is the basic most simple way i can explain it mm-hmm. to anyone wow because i think people might understand is oh witchcraft
0: is um, just herbs or it's just people fooling around but it's really like that science behind it like the spirituality behind it
1: yes so there's this is something really interesting that i have had some disagreements with other people on which talk about magic is science this is true magic came from science that is why we hear the term occult sciences and our scientific method that we use today was actually created uh, back in the 15 1600s, right before the renaissance where we start to see this use of trial and error The problem is magic is not just science. It is also a little bit faith-based because I cannot prove to you or to anyone else the experience of God or the universe or any entity that I'm interacting with. There is a level of faith that you have to have. And I think that is scary for some people because faith, we assume of like blind faith and there's not a lot to go on there, but that's not true. It's a combination of both. It is the physical and the spiritual. Mm. Um, One of the most questions people had was, how did you get
0: started? And is this from a bloodline or are you, did you just kind of start it on your own? Oh
1: my. Okay. <laughs> so I was raised Catholic. Ooh. So I have that ritualistic background. I am very much in that culture until I was, I went to Catholic school my entire life. Um, when I was 14 years old, I had this like, The church I used to go to had these giant, like 20 foot murals of different portions of the Bible. And I was looking at them one day, specifically Moses carrying down the tablets from Mount Sinai. And I was like, don't put other gods before me. Oh my God, there are other gods. And it just like, clicked for me. And I was like, so all that stuff that I learned in mythology, like those gods exist in some form now i don't personally believe there's a personified Zeus sitting on Mount olympus i don't believe in a personalized like jesus i believe these are energy channels that have been created over time so for me in particular i again was in a very tiny little box uh, for most of my life so i spent a lot of time inwards searching for answers and trying to understand the world around me um what really got me into witchcraft per se i dated a black magician who put a curse on me when I was very young, and I had no idea, you know, I'm a baby. So I lived for five years with this curse. I had H1N1 twice. I had the swine flu. I missed 40 days of my senior year of high school because I was in the hospital. Um, Like my immune system crashed. And I was fortunate enough to meet um, a family who practiced hoodoo, who were willing to help me and through that is where I started to learn witchcraft and for your listeners I'd like to explain the difference between uh, natural magic and ceremonial magic you may also hear this as high magic or low magic those terms don't mean better or less than any other one but natural magic is using the earth that is what witchcraft is we are using the elements ceremonial magic or high magic, is when we are working mostly in the astral and working with uh, god energies. Um, Not to say that you can't work with god energies in natural magic, but that's the general distinction between them. What do you mean a black magician? A black magician is someone who works with infernal energies. Uh, So I know one of the questions that a lot of people had is, what is the difference between black and white magic? Yeah. So let me tell you a secret. There is no difference. Magic is magic. Magic is a clear color. The person, the magician, gives it intention. So, if I am say, let's say I'm putting out healing energy for those who are suffering from COVID, that's white magic because it is a positive intent. Black magics, where it gets a little more confusing, I'm going to be using a source named Manley P. Hall. He was a mystic in the 20th century in Los Angeles, and he specifically differentiated the term black magic into two separate categories. You have the true darkness and you have the false darkness. Infernal magic is not inherently evil. When we think of evil, devil comes up, all of that like understanding of good versus evil. When we think of through magic, we have to eliminate those terms because good and evil are human perceptions. Those are human actions. Ethereal energies don't work that way. So false darkness is someone who is using magic for malevolent purposes. Hexing someone because they don't like that person. uh, Sending someone negative energy because they want to see them suffer. Um, Manly specifically calls these selfish intentions. I disagree. I think that like asking for money may not be selfish, per se, or asking for uh, sexual gratification is not selfish. But the minute that your ethics start to slide, Uh, that is when I think you become a malevolent black magician. So let's talk about true darkness. What's true darkness? True darkness or infernal divine is the understanding that we live in a world and universe of duality. We need both yin, yang, masculine, feminine, projective, receptive. There's lots of language to use. When we are referring to the true infernal divine, it is the dark feminine energy of protection and of love. Think of a womb. A womb, for example, has no light, but it is inherently protective. And and honestly, um, if we look at the Bible, the world came from darkness. Mm -hmm. We are all part of that darkness. It is all within us. It does not mean evil. It does not mean bad. You get to choose if you will take that darkness within you and turn it into a malevolent purpose. Mm. When you say you got cursed, how did you know that like,
0: this person do it in
1: front of you? Or do you have this feeling? Illness. That was the biggest thing. So there were a few things that I went really, really wrong. First thing was the illness. I had never been that. I was not a sickly child. Mm-hmm. So for me, for my immune system to crash in such a way to like, I wasn't on my deathbed, but I was very, very ill. That was number one. The doctors couldn't find out any reason, like why is she constantly getting sick? I was on probiotics. I I did everything right and I was still getting sick. The second thing was my attitude. I try very hard in my life to be patient and understanding because I always want someone to treat me the way that I treat them. I never want to be yelled at or, or disrespected, but my patients had just been shot to hell. Um, a lot of anger bubbling inside of me and i wasn't acting like myself i it was officially confirmed for me when i was hmm, 18 i just turned 18 and the family did what we call an egg cleansing or ovomancy and that is when you take an egg and you pull it all around your body and pull all the energy and cracking it um, inside of my egg there was a black dot and a little bit of blood which was indication to uh, the mother of the family that there had been something malevolent placed upon me. Um, We found out through her own divination and her use of Reiki, which is a um, body work, um, that this lesser infernal energy, people use the term demon, it's not the same. It's um, like a trickster spirit had been placed on me Mm. to literally make my life miserable. Wow. So how did you get rid of that
0: energy? You said the, just the
1: egg. No, I went through an exorcism, uh, actually. What? Is that yeah. like the ones we see in the movies or? No, very different. So I was going through an exorcism through the hoodoo tradition. So I can't share all of it, but I'll share what I can. Um, part of it was done independently by myself. And then another part was done with the family. I took basil leaves. Um, a basil plant, and I had to literally like thwack my body all around to remove that energy. I took an egg for everyone to understand. Eggs in this tradition represent blood sacrifices, mm-hmm. they're also cleansing energy. I had to crack three raw eggs over my head um, and let it drip down. It was so nasty. Mm-hmm. Um, so I let that drip down my body. I showered and then I went to their home like i had done the pre-work and then they used energy working to physically remove the entity from my aura and then they trapped it in a vessel and dropped it in the ocean
0: what do you like see something coming out or is it more like just you can't really see it
1: i i'm not gonna lie i had my eyes closed because i was scared Mm. i was very young um I could feel a difference. I could feel it being lifted off of me. It's kind of like, um, you know, when, when you were a kid, if you ever went to the grocery store and you got those like blood pressure cups and you would just play around with them. It was kind of like that release feeling when it's like really, really tense. And all of a sudden it's like,
0: Mm. I just felt like I could breathe again. Wow. That is crazy. Um, Oh, okay. So are you someone that also reads energies, Aura, talk to the dead, or is that a little different than
1: witches? So I'm an occultist. I specifically work with both the high magic and the low magic. I can communicate with the dead. I do services for people. It's very draining
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: because I have to call upon my infernal energies, my infernal guides, and ask them to safely guide me into the underworld to bring that soul back safely and make sure nothing hurts me while I'm doing it. Um, I think that a lot of things that I do um, are very closely connected with deity workings, and that's not a requirement for witchcraft. Um, but personally for me, I try to be a pretty well-rounded occultist. Like I try everything specifically when it comes to – I'm sorry, what was your question again? <laughs> um Oh, do you read uh or can you like talk to ghosts or mediums? Is that different than witchcraft? So yes, I can read auras. Um I can read energy. I don't I can see color if I take a really long time to to do it and I need someone against a white wall. Mm. Reading energy for me is actually very natural. I'm a very intuitive person and I can walk into a, a room with someone and I can I can tell you like how their day has been. How they're acting. And like, more importantly, what I find most helpful is like, what kind of reactions are they looking for? Mm. Uh, so, mediumship um, or psychic abilities, uh, I don't talk to ghosts. I learned not to do that when I was young, because then they're like, be my friend, let me live with you. I was like, no, 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 this is not, <laughs> <laughs> not what I asked for. Um, I do work, again, like with mostly deities, um, and they do live with me. But uh, as for ghosts, I try to stay away from them. <laughs> wow. Um, deity, is deity like an entity or a god? Yes. So I work uh, with several different gods, but I have altars to two of them in my home, an altar to the goddess Aset or the goddess Isis of ancient Egypt, and then the dark goddess Lilith, uh, who comes from uh, ancient Mesopotamia. And those energies are so powerful that I use both one for dark, one for light. Ideally, as I mature as an occultist, I will be able to do both and balance both.
0: Wow. Um, So for people who have no idea about this, what do you mean you work with them? Are they like, do you
1: feel them? Why only that particular God? So gods are like permanent house guests. Mm -hmm. You create a space for them. You feed them and you water them kind of you give them water you you give them a place to live and in turn they let you use their power so a lot of my work here is being not just ashley or not just Pythian priestess magic it is also amplified by the goddesses set or the goddess isis that being said i am an actual priestess which is why i have been blessed with that energy becoming a priestess um, i'm happy to talk a little bit about it it's different for everyone um but it's something I've worked towards for thousands of years. And my soul has made packs, which is what I work with deities. So I made a, a contract. A lot of working with deities is being um, a spiritual lawyer for yourself and you have to be really thorough. So for example, a short version of the contract I have with Aset is I work to bring her energy into the world I heal the world and bring the understanding of magic in its genuine form to people. Um, I cannot talk about my contract with Lilith as she asked me not to. Do So does that mean you kind of remember your past life as well? I do. I remember, um, it's unique to me. I have done a lot of past life work to understand what my purpose is here and understand what I did to deserve the title of priestess because um, when this title was bestowed upon me in 2019, I felt a little bit out of my league. Uh, I was like, wow, like, that's that's a lot. <laughs> like, That's a big responsibility. Um, but I found out that this is something, um, and it made sense to me, that I have always been drawn to mysticism and the paranormal or the occult um, and to to really go inside myself and see that, you know, that is my passion. It is, it's more than a passion, it's a devotion. My whole life revolves around my work in the magical realm. Including, wow. yeah, including going out into my creative adult life in my career. I bring that with me everywhere.
0: Um, so is this your like full-time lifestyle, I guess? And if it is, what is your like morning to night like?
1: Yes, so it is something that I do every day. Um, one of the most important dis- discipline is the most important when it comes to this. And I know that there's a lot of people online who say that's ableist, but I didn't make the rules. The gods did. Go fight them. Um, you have to show dedication and devotion, otherwise they're not interested. Mm. So my morning, I wake up, I do my banishings, I invoke specific energies, and then I go to work. Anytime at work I feel like something is going wrong in my life or I get like overly emotional about something, I do prayers on my own, like silently to myself. Also, oh, you have another job you go to, a career. Yes, yes. I work in Hollywood. I am a TV writer and producer. Oh, wow. Yes. Wow. So you can imagine the amount of stress that kind of job will bring you. So using mysticism in my life to help one keep me level-headed, and keep the people around me grounded is is really helpful. Um, That is probably one of the greatest compliments that I receive is that I'm a very grounding and centering force. Mm. So I come home from the day, I will banish again, um, make sure that there's nothing following me home because Mm. that happens a lot. And I think it happens with more people than they realize. Then uh, depending on what day of the week it is, on Saturdays, I do channeling sessions, which is where I bring a god into my body and let them speak through me. I do automatic writing. Um, and then depending on what I need, um, whether I need to make candles that day or if I'm making a protection jar. As of right now, um, I don't think I'll ever do magic full-time for money. Mm. That's not, My energy is hard. To give your energy away constantly uh, is very draining And I, I don't think that's for me. I I love helping people and I will certainly offer readings when I have the extra time and energy, but between my personal devotional work and my job in Hollywood, it's just not feasible. Mm. So I had a big question about potions.
0: Mm -hmm. How do potions work? Is it kind of like the ones you see in Harry Potter or movies, love potions? Everybody has questions about love potions. Do they work or not? How does it work?
1: Well, if you do it right, it will work. But (laughs) there's some ethical implications there. So love magic is incredibly tricky because you cannot create genuine love. That must be created within oneself. If you were doing a love spell or a love potion on somebody without their permission, you're more or less making them your prisoner.
0: Hmm.
1: And That's ethically not awesome. We don't want to do that. You don't want a prisoner for a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a partner. What I can say is how do they work? So most potions are created using herbs. Herbs have specific attributes. They also have um, a gender classification. Um, that doesn't mean they're masculine or feminine. That just means are they projective or are they receptive? So for example, if I'm making a love potion, I want to find herbs that have to do with love roses lavender lemon all that good stuff and i will create it um in a cauldron um i use a crock pot so it's an electric cauldron um and then the magic remember the magic is in you it's not in the tools so mm-hmm. i actually will ask the herbs i'll be like hi thank you so much for sacrificing yourself for um giving me the power of love or protection i appreciate you and like giving because you're working with earth and it is very important to give gratitude to earth because we don't just want to take and take and take that's not good now when we have all these things and they're bubbling that is when you breed or you put intention into it. So as we talked about before, action, intention, and will. My action is creating the potion. My intention, I now will put it in by stirring it. Um, I generally will use the pentagram in my potions as well. Um, And then we have will. And the will is like, again, it comes from within you. And a part of it is belief and faith. So if you do all of these things with genuine genuine feeling um, and genuine faith, and you do the potion right, and you make sure you're not canceling out other herbs with each other, then yes, it will work. I think it's interesting. So when we think of potions, most of the time, I, I expect that you would drink them. You're not going to use them as like body oil. Yeah. So by ingesting this potion, you are now bringing the powers of the herbs that you have activated by thanking them and asking them for their energy. So let's talk about self-love, for example. That's a little less ethically ambiguous. So I I create a potion for love. Let's say I'm using rose, lavender, and lemon, uh, and water. So I create this potion, I'm probably as a priestess, I'm gonna set it on my altar for a couple of days and ask the goddess to imbue it with her power as well before I drink it. And at that point, I am now putting my action through my physical body and allowing it to manifest. Okay, I might, this might be a really cheesy
0: question, but a lot of people asked me, like for example, if you got that love potion, gave it to your crush, Are the goddesses bringing that
1: manifestation to that guy to change his will or something? Is that how it works? Yes, that is how it would work. And my goddess would be very mad at me if I did that. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually have a video, an old, old video of I did try to do a love spell on someone and she literally broke the candle at the bottom and threw it off the altar. Wait, like you saw it just flying? So I what I was at a party and I came home with my girlfriend and I always go check on the altar as soon as I get home and I'm just like make sure nothing's wrong Um, And I was like, oh my god, Michaela the there's glass everywhere And at first I was like, okay, did my cat do this? And I was like, no, there's no way the cat broke the at the bottom of the candle That doesn't make sense so I meditated and i asked her i said hey what happened here why did you do this um sometimes i hear voices sometimes i get images and what she showed me was a pair of handcuffs Mm. and i was like i understand now you don't want me to to take away this person's free will and handcuff them to me because that's basically what you're doing Mm -hmm. So, yeah, if you gave it to your crush to drink and they drink it somehow, you are then using not only your will, but the goddess's energy, if you're working with a goddess, to manipulate somebody. And most goddesses will be like, uh, no, try again. Wow. I just got shivers.
0: <laughs> um, oh, uh, oh, voodoo dolls. I know a lot of people think voodoo dolls are just totally out of the world, but I believe they could be possible.
1: There's movies about it. What do you think about voodoo dolls? So voodoo dolls are part of an initiation only practice. I don't specifically work with that practice, so I can't give a ton of information on that. But what I can talk about are propits. Now propits are the same thing. They're dolls, either made out of clay or they're sewn together. How do they work? You need a couple of things, especially if you're trying to manipulate somebody, you need their hair, fingernails, part of their DNA to go into that doll. Mm. What you will do then is by taking, again, you're taking someone's energy. You need um, action, intention, uh, energy, and will. So at this point, we're taking the energy of that person and putting my will onto it. Mm -hmm. The use of a doll, I think the most interesting thing I ever saw was somebody who did a a fidelity spell or a loyalty spell using a prophet. and they actually took a giant like lock and put it on the genitals. What? Yeah, and I was like, that's not awesome. Maybe you just should not date a cheater. Um, <laughs> I think that there's a lot of things people use magic for that could easily be communicated in real life. Like, you don't need to be doing magic. Like, if you really like your crush, tell them. Doing a magic spell to to you're not. It's not as direct. And I think that, yeah, it's a lot easier and a lot less scary to do a candle or a love potion in your home, but you're ultimately really not getting anywhere. Um, it may work, it may not work. It depends if the ancestors, the deities are like, yeah, this is good. Um, also know that spells can backfire. Mm. So, Let's say I made a propit on a person that I have a crush on and their ancestors may be like, girl, this is not cool. We're going to make sure this doesn't work. Because everyone, everybody on this planet has spirits that walk with them, whether they are aware of it or not, whether they call them guardian angels, ancestors, spirits of deceased loved ones, it does not matter. But people are always protected. How
0: true is it if you got a pin put it into their finger while they feel it? Is that kind of too movie like?
1: that's pretty movie-like. It won't happen immediately. So whenever we do magic, we are sending it out to the universe, correct? Mm -hmm. So the astral is a higher vibration than us. There are seven different dimensions. Depending on where you put your spell, it's going to take time for it to trickle down into the material world because we vibrate at a much lower frequency than the astral does. Okay.
0: Well, that's easy to understand. (laughs) Um, What is one biggest misconceptions about witchcraft or witches?
1: I think that a lot of people uh, think that witchcraft is used for evil or malevolent purposes. Now that is certainly possible, Uh, but remember that magic is not inherently evil. Magic has no color. It is about the person who is using the magic. I also think that people expect that picking up some tarot cards, like these are the devil's tools, well they're just tools. There's no affiliation with any energy. Like I can pick up um, a book, but that book is not going to be inherently evil. I think that's the biggest thing that people don't understand, and like people are scared of. Like it's something they don't understand, and so because I don't understand it, it must be bad. Hmm. I feel like you're reading my questions because everything you mentioned is like the next question. I
0: did um, read- Whoa. <laughs> um, the next question was, how do tarot cards
1: work? Oh, well, let me show you. So tarot cards are very unique. They've been around uh, for a very long time. The, m- most, the most scholarly information dates back to about 14th century in Italy, where they were actually used for playing cards. Uh, they have suits just like playing cards. They also have face cards. So like jacks, kings, and queens, we also have them here in the deck. We also have aces. Originally, it was a game it was used kind of like the game of bridge uh, in today's modern times. As it got more uh, popular, people started using them for divination. These cards, there are 78 of them. And these 78 cards actually represent every human emotion, feeling, challenge that you will ever experience as a human being. So each card tells a story. So we're gonna just pull one card, for example. Let's choose a card that I think a lot of people are a little bit scared of, where did that tower go? I mean, this is fun to dissect cards. So I'm using, this is called the Rider Waite Deck. Uh, The Rider Waite Deck was created in the early 1900s by a man named A.E. Waite, and a woman named Pamela Coleman Smith is the one who illustrated them. She was one of the first biracial women that we see in magic. So here, we're looking at the tower. A lot of people like to read the descriptions of the cards and what they mean, but a lot of times the best way to learn is by looking and using your intuition. So see here, we have a lightning bolt that's hitting the card or right here, the tower. Because it is a lightning bolt and not man-made, we can assume that this is probably a divine intervention. We also see the crown is being knocked off of the tower, meaning that things are gonna be changing very rapidly. Colors are also very important. So in this card, for example, we see a lot of black. We look at this card, we see a lot of yellow. Positivity versus something that's a little bit more potentially negative. So by using each card, I can tell what a person is feeling. Um, And let's be very, very specific. There's a difference between fortune telling and divination. Fortune telling takes away free will saying this is absolutely going to happen. That's why I don't trust when people are like, you're going to have five kids and you're going to live in Indiana and all this. No, no, no. The future is never set in stone. It is constantly changing every day depending on the choices that you make. Whenever I give a reading, I always let people know that this is the path they are currently on. If they choose to make a drastic change, this will no longer be relevant to them. That is the difference between divination and fortune telling. I can say, uh, you want to start this business. Well, here are the two paths. Uh, you can work really, really hard, but be careful that your ego doesn't get in the way. Don't don't let that suffocate you. You could also start your business, but make sure you're not listening to people and listen to your own intuition more see all these people fighting. I can see a lot of different opinions being thrown around here. Hmm. Wow.
0: So it is, who is working with you when you're doing tarot? Like the gods, the same deities?
1: So whenever I do tarot, I will choose whether I'm working with the light goddess or the dark goddess. Most people who are beginning in tarot, I suggest to them that they open a space of protection, also known as casting a circle in Wiccan terms, it's kind of used as a slang term these days. Um, inviting your ancestors in, inviting your guides, um, And always banishing or removing anything that means you ill will or harm. Mm, Okay.
0: Um, How far-fetched is, like, Hollywood movies? Like, Harry Potter, Wand, Flying with the Wand? Um, Have you seen, like, Thunderbolt out of someone's hands?
1: As someone who works in Hollywood, I can tell you that magic has been manipulated to be visual. So most of the time when magic is done, you are not going to see sparks out of people's hands. You're not going to uh, watch somebody levitate. That being said, there are some yogis and there have been stories of people who have been able to do such things. But generally, the average person would not. I think that there's a lot of truth in the hollywood stories but they are certainly not the whole truth and they are exaggerated for example let's talk about exorcisms so as somebody who was exercised and as somebody who has been possessed both willingly and unwillingly i can tell you that some of the stories that you hear about people like throwing up and their heads twisting around are very rare mm very, very rare. Most of the time, if you see someone who is under a spell or a malevolent one in particular, or being accosted by an infernal en- energy, it's going to be an attitude change. It's going to be an energy change in that person. Um, I'm trying, the most magical thing I've ever experienced generally works with my candles. So I do a lot of candle magic, particularly because it's Candles are a form of alchemy. We have all five elements in the candle and we watch it change, just like I'm attempting to change something in my life. From the candles, I can get a pretty clear reading of whether or not the spell worked or not, depending on how much wax is left over, how much soot is on the glass, etc. But that's probably the most visual thing I could think of when it comes to magic, with the exception of channeling. Hmm. That was one of my questions. Have you seen anything like kind of like a miracle happen or crazy things? Yes. I have seen some crazy things in my life. So I was working with uh, my magical partner and the first time ever I saw someone be fully possessed, like their personality was gone. Hmm. And I was talking to a God, like energy. And I was like, really scared. Cause so I was like, is he coming back? Where did he go? <laughs> like that to me, like talking face to face with an energy like that. And like the person's mannerisms completely change. They're doing things they normally wouldn't do saying we're using words they don't use. Mm. That was probably one of the most magical things. The second most magical thing is in my order We have a special prayer for healing and i can't share it with you because it is private but i've done it on people without them knowing um and uh they will be like immediately stop crying and they'll be like i just feel like it got ripped out of my body like the the anger the frustration and to me that's a miracle to immediately change someone's sphere of sensation for the better is beautiful
0: wow um do you think that there's an actual real life hogwarts like a
1: secret magic school I technically run a Hogwarts. Does that count? I'm sorry. I, I technically run a, a Hogwarts. I, I have a mystery school of my own that I use online. I think that there are secret societies and secret orders uh, that do teach magic. I don't think any of them are as extravagant as Hogwarts. Mm. Um, ooh,
0: okay. So one of the last just questions that I had was, how can you tell a fake and a real
1: powerful witch? Sure. So let's start with the obvious. Yeah. So I like to call these scammers, right? Mm -hmm. So there are a couple of different variations of witches and occultists in general. The first one is the genuine practitioner. A genuine practitioner is going to be humble. This person is not gonna be like, I'm so powerful. Look how cool I am. Like, no, that is not what magic and spirituality is about. It is not a badge for your ego. It is not for me to say, "Oh, I'm so cool." Like as a priestess, my job is to serve others. My it is to serve the community and so light back into the world. It is not for me to say, "Look how cool I am." Number 1. Number 2, a true practitioner will never scare you into buying things. Mm. So, for example, I've had readings where someone will be like, you are cursed and you need to pay me $750 to, in order to remove it. And there's always like this time crunch, like, and they're the only person who can solve it. That is not true. That is when I like red flags start raising for me. If someone is like overcharging and forcing me, like really forcing me to do it, not good. The last thing I would say is that, um, for the third, is that there are people who do make fake things just for money. And I've seen it happen on Witch Talk. I've seen it happen on Tumblr, where people, if someone is constantly putting out items every day, every week, I significantly question their magical ability. Because where are you pulling that energy from? Wow. Because everything's energy. Everything is energy. I make jars and I make candles for people, but each of those jars and each of those candles take an hour plus to make. And that's not just time. That is my energy and pulling energy from the goddess through me. That's exhausting. Hmm. Um, so what are some ways someone
0: can get started in witchcraft? So and I know I, you also have a mystery school too.
1: Yes, I do. Um, so I think the best thing for people to do and probably the most accessible is learning to meditate. Now I know a lot of people are like, Oh, this is so boring. Okay. It seems boring. Cause you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> learning to, <laughs> learning to meditate is, is self care because you're creating something and it's literally a superpower. It's called mindfulness. Our brains have been hardwired to be reactive. Someone posts on my, my video. Oh, I have to immediately comment back. Oh, uh, someone's calling me. I have to pick up the phone right away. By By creating mindfulness in your body, you are learning to create a distance between you and your emotion. This is called observing. When we can learn to observe ourselves, we can start to feel our energy. I feel anger. I feel happy. And then once you can start feeling those emotions, that is when you can start manipulating your energy. Mm. there are tons of meditations they're for free across youtube you can find them on a headspace or on insight timer i use a meditation every morning when i wake up for affirmations telling me that uh, i am strong i am confident i am self-sufficient uh, and every night i go to bed and i release everyone else's emotions and energies from me and just collect all of my power so i can sleep at night a lot of it is about retraining your mind. So that's the number one thing I would recommend. The second thing I recommend is earth. We're learning to work with herbs and learning to understand that everything we ingest becomes a part of us. So that may mean cleaning up our diet a little bit. Maybe we stop drinking Red Bull and monsters and start drinking tea. Um, Learning that caffeine is a drug. Mm. So, Uh, making health potions like I it's kind of silly but those green smoothies that everyone drinks in LA those are potions they are there to help clean your body and help you with your energy so learning how to use those herbs I recommend a book called the magical encyclopedia of herbs by Scott Cunningham disclaimer he is a Wiccan was a Wiccan but the herb encyclopedia is phenomenal and one of the best out there so once we start learning what these herbs mean, we can start applying them either by making magical bags of protection herbs, or whether we start creating a morning tea where we imbue intention to the herbs and ingest it.
0: Mm. Um, when, let's say, if I'm doing some kind of potion, I'm starting today, do I
1: have a god that's helping me or? Generally not. Generally, so... Most people will not have gods right away. Remember, that's like a relationship. You have to, you're a lawyer at that point. You are setting the ground rules. Now that doesn't mean that you can't ask for help, but don't expect it to happen. You can say, hey, Aphrodite, I'd really like to look more beautiful today. Here's, I'm going to dedicate my tea to you, uh, my rose tea. Help me be more attractive. Can't guarantee it will work, but you can certainly try. Um, Mm -hmm but understand that you are still powerful on your own. You don't always need God magic to help you.
0: Um, can you talk about your online Magical
1: Hogwarts School? The Absolutely. Yes, yeah, so Pythian Mystery School for me is a dream come true. I've always wanted to have a mystery school. What is a mystery school? Dating back to ancient Egyptian times, mystery schools were exactly that. They were a mystery place to learn about magic and alchemy. So within my school, uh, I have several different tiers um, ranging from $3 to $20. And I walk you through the very basics and foundations of what magic is. We talk about theorems of magic, occult magic. What is the history of magic? How do I do spell candles? How do I use color magic? All the basic foundations. And as I teach in my school, why don't we just jump into the sexy stuff right away? Why can't I just immediately start doing spells? because you need foundation. You cannot start building your tower without foundation blocks. So by learning color theory, by learning days of the week and what their magical associations are, you can start learning to build your own spells. We also have an amazing Discord. It is one of the safest places I have been ever privileged to be a part of. I work very hard to make sure that, you know, everyone there is very aware of, Pronouns and that we never speak to each other with swear words. Um, And if there is an issue, we talk about it as adults. And the last thing I would say is is the community. Like we have community rituals, we have live lessons every week. And I really hope as soon as COVID is over that we can actually do a mystery school retreat here in Los Angeles. That's what I've been working toward, where it would be a witchy weekend. We would do um, kind of like a you know what a pub crawl is, but make it witchy. So an occult crawl, we would go to the different occult stores in LA, maybe do um, a witchy photo shoot where we have like those fun like cans and do like fun dancing around a bonfire. And of course rituals together because that's what everyone wants. The one thing I would also like to add for new beginning witches or occultists, learning the moon cycle is so important. So I think a lot of people, Ignore the fact that the planets do have an effect on us. Is there scientific evidence for this? Kind of, but it's never been properly studied. But what I can tell you is that every full moon, the uptick in hospitalizations goes through the roof. My family is full of doctors, and I have several friends who work in healthcare, and it's like clockwork. In fact, the word lunatic comes from the word luna, the moon. So the moon does affect us. The ancient people knew this. And as you learn how the moon phases, you can start recalibrating your life to that and learning to live in cycles instead of working five days a week and having two days off. Mm, Wow. So anyone could join. Anyone can join. I don't care if you're 60 or if you're 13. I believe magic should be open and accessible to everyone because it changed my life and I know it can change yours. Wow. Thank you for
0: that. Allison asks, when you told someone you were a witch, what is
1: their first reaction? I live in Los Angeles. I am very, very lucky to live in a place that is so accepting. And most of the time, people are like, that's cool. You do you. Okay. <laughs> okay, occasionally, I get the person who goes, oh, okay, that's kind of weird. But those people aren't ready to listen. Mm, okay. Um, To what extent can witches use their powers? I think it's, it's unlimited. It really is. Again, it all comes to how much energy can you harness as a person? Because your energy is like a debit card. I have a hundred dollars a day. Every time I swipe that card, I give my energy away. If you are smart with your energy and you work really hard and are disciplined to keep growing the things that you can accomplish long-term are whatever you want. Wow. That sounds good and scary. Yeah, there's a lot of possibility here for both good and bad false darkness. Do you have any stories of a really powerful magician did something? Sure. So I used to, pre-COVID, I used to go work with this coven in North Hollywood. And one of the most magical things we used to do was a group astral projection journey called Mm -hmm. a spirit journey. And this was when I was anointed as a priestess. Um, We went to go visit Anubis. Um, Let me give a little bit of a preface for this beforehand. also trigger warning for suicide. Um, So I, in very beginning of October, 2019, a very close friend, ex-college roommate's brother committed suicide. Um, When they went through his room, they found all of these weird esoteric notes and symbology they didn't understand. I took three days off of work and flew home to go help her family. Um, During that time, I am the one who figured out what was going on with this person. I set up the memorial for them at the site of the death. I also found this giant five by six foot mirror in their room that was an open portal to the other side. So my job was to close it which was not an easy thing. And I contacted everybody I knew how to close this stupid portal. And they're like, meh, I don't know, you figure it out. And I was like, that's kind of like, I would say most people's experience with magic is like, I don't know, figure it out on your own. (laughs) Um, I did figure it out. I closed the portal, we broke the mirror, all that good stuff. The next week I went back to LA and I went to this astral projection journey to go visit Anubis. I work with a set ISIS and the Egyptian, the Egyptian pantheon, very special to me. During this journey, I brought with me, both physically and spiritually, an Ankh. An onk is looks like a crossbow with the rounded top at the bottom. And I it's a key. That's what it's used for. It has a lot of purposes, but it's the key to life. So I brought this to Anubis and I asked him specifically. I was like, would you please? bless and anoint this key so my friend would be able to have contact with her brother at all times. Uh, he took the key from me and it expanded crazy huge. It was so big. And then he brought it back down and gave it to me and then literally shot me out into the universe where I was had no body. I was just floating amongst the stars. And then like, he said some things to me that I'm not going to repeat and when I came out of the trance, um, I was crying, like, just like totally. And I didn't know I was crying and everyone, you know, at the end of it was like, are you okay? Like what happened? And I talked to them about it. And then this was the first time I ever felt my crown and I felt it. It feels like, like what I imagine a princess or queen feels like having this heavy thing on your head all the time. I was like, huh? Well, that's kind of weird. Uh, Six months later, I joined my order. And when I was initiated, they gave me my magical name, which includes the title of priestess, which I have never met these people before. And to really, for two different things to to be so close together and and for that to come together in my life, it was really magical. Uh, Magic is both psychodrama as much as it is spiritual and I think that for me, that was probably one of the most magical moments of my life is conversing with Anubis who gave me the key to unlock, not just a connection between a person and her brother, but unlock my potential.
0: Wow. Um, how do you even, I mean, can you, did you like, do you like spell to protect yourself before that?
1: Yes. Wow. So the, the Um, so the coven that I would work with preset the compass, they called in the watchtowers beforehand. So there's 25 of us that lay down in this room and do this work together. Uh, beforehand we do some chanting to call in the God, which I have seen some crazy stuff happen. Like I've watched minor explosions that shouldn't have happened. Um, one of the other, probably most powerful things I've, same coven that I worked with, I went to their Sawin ritual, which was 200 people around a bonfire, chanting, not naked, they were clothed, and dancing together. Like that energy was probably the most powerful that I've ever seen. And to see somebody in a trance is very magical. I mean, to see somebody just they're not gone. Not, that's not what I'm saying. that they are their mind has shifted into a different a, a different mindset. You are no longer just you. You are now you with, like, some zing, some spice, as, uh, as the TikTokers like to say. That's
0: amazing. Um, Strawberry says, how do you protect yourself from curses if you feel like you've been cursed? Or before you've been cursed, I mean.
1: Of course. So one of the best things you can do is get one of these things. This is called an azar, or an azar, depending on what country you're from. This is used worldwide. It's in almost every culture and has been around for the last almost 10,000 years, all the way back to 500 BCE. A Nazar may also be called the evil eye. You can use this amulet. You can wear it. You can tattoo it. You can put it on your car, on your house. Very good way to repel certain curses. Um, for overall protection, I would really recommend uh, putting black torlamine is a crystal in the four corners of your home. It creates a very simple ward. And lastly, the thing I would suggest is learning to manipulate your energy. So within our aura, we have um, our highest level aura, like our is called the biggest one in, in the sorry, your celestial body. In your celestial body, you have something called the golden egg. Your sphere of sensation, your body is going to be outlined by a gold grid. This includes all of your thoughts, memories, this life, and your past life. When we can learn to fortify that, it becomes like a force shield from Star Wars, where things will just bounce right off. Very easy way to work with this. Sit quietly. Breathe from the bottom of your belly all the way up to the top of your head. And then imagine wrapping yourself in a golden light that looks like an egg. When you get really good at this, you're going to be able to breathe in and breathe out that energy around you, creating what we call a, circul- a cir- circular light around your body. That is probably the easiest way to protect yourself.
0: Wow. So if someone, let's say, decides to curse you, it we'll would kind of bounce off. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's really nice. Do people usually curse people like in front of
1: you or like is it usually behind? Well. If you're on TikTok, people do it publicly, which I think is really stupid for a lot of reasons. Most people will do curses or hexes of the darkness. One, because it protects them. So it makes it a lot harder for the other receiving magician to figure out where it came from. The other thing I would say is that um, when you put that out publicly, again, the ancestors, the angels who are or gu- or guarding that person are gonna know <laughs> they're gonna know and you're kind of like letting them know you're like ringing an alarm bell most people do it at night in the darkness most people will not do it publicly wow I'm sure it fires back at them it can it most certainly can also I just don't understand even if that person that you're cursing will never see your work the ancestors are gonna know.
0: Mm um jeremy says what is the most common request
1: you get from your clients love spells not not (laughs) love spells everyone wants new romance Um, i'm very good at new romance spells what does this mean new romance is basically a road opener so what i do is i remove any negativity from your exes or anything in your sphere sensation your aura that is like blocking you from finding that person and then what i do is i talk to the goddess lilith or a set, depending on what kind of person we're looking for, um, and say, "Hey, this person is offering you this because, like, that's part of the money exchange. Part of the money goes to their altar." And they go, "Okay, cool." Um, one person I had, I have their testimonial on my TikTok. Uh, within five weeks, they had a new boyfriend from. It was like their ex, their ex's from high school's best friend, who was totally different than whatever they had dated before. And my spells are very specific. So I don't say, oh, they just want somebody. I go, what gender do you want? How close do you want them to live to you? What are the attributes you want? What kind of relationship do you want? Because I get people who are like, I want the hottest one night stand in my life. And then I have some people who are like, I want a long-term relationship where I'm going to get married. Wow,
0: that is so cool. Did most of them get a positive
1: response? I think so. From my, my testimonials on TikTok, as well as on uh, Instagram and Etsy everyone says that it works really well well i hope your dms
0: are not blowing up after this video
1: <laughs> I be my store um probably after valentine's day i'm still recovering um, from some magic that i've been doing this month um, privately so don't worry it will, they'll be back in stock soon wow
0: um and you sell candles and these things that where you could purchase and then we could meditate and manifest on our own right
1: yes actually creating um some self-love jars and candles uh for valentine's day cool so i think what's really cool is like yeah it's super fun when the priestess does it but being able to do it yourself is very special and i want to be able to create more of that for other people um so i am creating spell kits yes wow um
0: last question vinod says can witches predict how 2021 is going
1: to be like So witches cannot, but astrologers can. So, to answer his question, let's focus on planets. So there are nine planets, seven ancient planets. These planets are constantly rotating around the sun. Here is the sun, here is Earth. We are going around at our specific pace. So is every other planet. Depending on how the planet is in the sky, is going to affect us. I can tell you from my understanding of astrology that 2021 will not be worse than 2020 it will be (laughs) equal to or better Uh, it depends on us right depends on the choices humans make what i can say is america as a country has a birthday and it is currently going through what is known as a saturn return this means saturn is in the same position in the sky when america was created in 1776 or whatever I don't know. I gotta go back to school.
0: Anyways,
1: (laughs) so because Saturn is talking about structure of society, uh, we are now in our return, meaning we are restructuring everything. We are learning and building. So that's one thing to really think about. Um, I hope that all of us have learned a lot from 2020 and have become more compassionate people, regardless of what the stars do or what they say is that we are here on earth and we can make those actions. So putting kindness and love and light back into the world is more necessary now than ever before.
0: Absolutely, it's all up to us. Yes. Um, this is just my last personal question, but have you interacted or seen, believe in aliens,
1: extraterrestrials? I have a very interesting relationship with extraterrestrials. I 1000% believe they exist. I have seen several unidentified flying objects, and my suspicions have grown even more since the, um, the drops that the CIA, all the unclassified documents that have been dropped, as well as the US Navy showing those videos of the UFOs. Now, starseed is a very like buzzword in our community right now. I want to be very clear that the word starseed does not initiate in the 1970s. In fact, it actually dates back into the 1800s. And um, this idea that all consciousness emanates from somewhere else is not new. Um, almost every religion believes that humans come from somewhere and we return to somewhere. So to believe that there are other species uh, or humanoids that, that are watching us, like that, that doesn't seem crazy to me. Um, I think that there's a lot of possibility. Um, I'm familiar with certain starseed backgrounds like the Pleiadians, um, the Syrians. I'm a Syrian starseed myself because I work with the goddess Isis or Aset. However, are we gonna make contact? Mm, I don't know. Whenever uh humans mature enough, I guess not to blow them up immediately on in on on site. Yeah, we will probably
0: blame the other person. <laughs> blame the yeah. other E T. That's us humans.
1: Yeah, and I don't think personally. I'm friends with a person named Unicol Unicron, who uh, I met during the Storm Area Fifty One event that I actually made a documentary about back in 2019. And this person really inspired me to consider that, like, yeah, if I can connect with a deity, and this person claims they can connect to like a higher alien consciousness, who says we're not doing the same thing just with different understandings? Mm,
0: wow I've actually been to Area 51 this year and it was so cool I couldn't go into the obviously that place I went to that cafe have you been to the Little Alien yes yeah I know Connie West yeah I'm sorry Uh, I know the woman who owns it her name's Connie West oh wait the restaurant or the the all of it she owns all of that land wow I'm not gonna lie there was some
1: odd people there yeah (laughs) Definitely. <laughs> yeah. When I went, um, I met a man, very lovely gentleman, who told me he was like a high priest from Atlantis. So it was like, there are a lot of very interesting fellows
0: there. That's awesome. Wow. Um. Well, that was all the questions I had today. That was so long. I'm so sorry, but thank oh, you so much. so much. Thank you for like,
1: uh, for having all these wonderful questions for me to answer. It is just, I cannot tell you how nice it is to really talk to someone who is genuinely interested and isn't here trying to tear me down or, or tell me that I'm crazy greasy. Like you don't understand the amount of hate that I get.